Hi, welcome to Feel the Boot. I'm Lance, and today I want to answer a viewer question. He wrote to me frustrated at his inability to get funding for his startup and wanted to know what might he be doing wrong. So this founder, he's trying to raise a tiny amount of seed capital, and he's reached out to a number of investors. He's done about 50 pitches, most of them the kind of weak prospects to no success whatsoever. And he's concerned also because he's in a somewhat niche industry, and he's wondering whether that is going to be causing him problems. Now, let me state right off the bat, there is no silver bullet for this problem. I'm not going to give a roadmap for how to get funding. If you do A, B, and C, you're guaranteed that people will write you checks. That answer just does not exist. But I've seen a lot of patterns in companies that have been successful and unsuccessful in raising money, and that's what I'm gonna talk about. Now, it's important to remember, fundraising is very time-consuming. In fact, when I see people who are in the middle of doing their rounds, the founder's full-time job is doing that fundraising because really it's a numbers game. The odds of getting funding from any given investor that you pitch are really pretty bad. Right? The vast majority of pitches are going to generate nothing. So you need to be doing a ton of pitching. You need to be reaching out and contacting enormous numbers of potential investors. Realistically, you can expect to be contacting hundreds, several hundred investors before you're able to fill out your round. And so if you're looking to be doing fundraising and kicking off this early stage business as a part-time job while you hold down a full-time gig, that's probably gonna be really difficult. You need to be able to invest enormous amounts of time, really full-time activity in trying to raise that money. And you need to expect to be able to travel. Uh, you're going to need to go to where the investors are to reach out to them, to pitch in person, to go to different events. And those may not be in your backyard, especially if you're not located in one of the entrepreneurial hotspots. You may need to travel significantly to get the kind of opportunities you need. Now, because this is so time consuming and there are so many investors out there to talk to, you also need to be very careful about vetting who you pitch to. So, this writer says he's pitching to low-value prospects. Well, if you can determine ahead of time that they're not likely prospects, that they're highly unlikely to actually invest in your business, and they're just looking to ask questions and take up your time, you need to start saying no to them. Cut those people off early and make sure you focus your time and attention on the investors who are actually likely to give you money because there's still gonna be an enormous number of those, but that increases the odds per pitch. And if you can only do X number of pitches, if you can double the average quality of the person you're talking to, you double the chances of getting that investment that you need. One trick is to pitch to more than one potential investor at a time. If you can get a bunch of potential investors in a room all at once, then you can pitch them all together. And that is a huge force multiplier. As well, if you can generate excitement in the room, you may make that contagious. And so one interested potential investor can push another over the edge where if you'd pitch them individually, maybe they wouldn't have actually taken the bait. One of the great places to do that is pitch contests. Many cities will have venues 
where on a regular basis, companies are able to come in and do their pitch. Often these are not to accredited investors, but this allows you to practice your pitch in any case. It gets the word out there that you're looking for money. And in many cases, accredited investors will be at those events looking for new deal opportunities because investors are also facing a problem of choice. We're looking continuously for good companies to invest in because most of the companies we see aren't that good. So the more we can increase our deal flow and have a chance of finding that diamond in the rough, the better. So a lot of us will be at those sort of pitch contests and winning one of those contests as well can be very powerful. Now you have some social proof and whenever you go out and you send a pitch letter or try to request a contact, you can say, oh, and we won this pitch contest. We were recognized for achieving this thing. And that immediately helps increase the odds that you'll get some attention. Now, one great place to find angel investors is angel investor groups, and there are hundreds of those around the country. And if you go to the Angel Capital Association, you'll see a list of those. You can quickly find the ones near you, find their websites, and find out how to apply. Most of these organizations have open application processes. Any company can apply to the angel group for the chance to pitch. There's typically a selection committee, so you're going to go through a couple levels of filter. But if you get through, you've now been vetted and have a chance to get in front of a room full of accredited investors who are actively looking for opportunities to invest in startups. In addition to the Angel Capital Association angel groups, there are numerous other unaffiliated angel groups as well. So a little bit of Googling can probably turn up a number of different organizations within a short drive of your location. Do take a look at their websites. They will have very specific ways in which they want you to apply and they'll tell you what their focus is. Some of them are very industry specific. They're only looking for dot-coms, they're only looking for medical, they're only looking for ag tech. So understand who you're going to and don't waste your or their time by applying to angel groups where this doesn't apply. You can also go to incubators and accelerators. In many cases, in addition to the help they'll give you in getting your company going and developing your business, they, in many cases, have connections to investors and can make those introductions so they can facilitate a lot of that for you. And in addition, a number of them will have large graduation events where they'll roll out this cohort of companies that have graduated from the incubator or the accelerator and invite investors from the local area to come and watch this. Again, a great way to get in front of a large number of potential investors all at once, in this case, with the credibility that comes with having been in ideally a prestigious incubator or accelerator. Working with synergistic businesses can often help you get funding because if they're much larger, they might be in fact a strategic investor themselves or a potential acquirer further down the road. But working with them can also give you access to their investors, their advisors, their customers, this can be a very synergistic thing for you to be able to find the people you need to work with to both grow your business and to find the investors you need to fund that growth. And really, this is just a special case of networking. Networking is the key. You wanna be talking about your business to everyone you can all the time. Be out there at events, but talk to people even not at events, even in places that you think are completely irrelevant, always be talking about your startup 
and what it is you need, that you're looking for funding, you're looking for a technical co-founder, you're looking for advisors with some particular set of expertise. Talk about it all the time. Not necessarily to ask the person you're talking with to do that. Right? You're not gonna be asking your hairdresser to pull out a checkbook and write you a check, probably, but they might know someone. They could be cutting the hair of someone who's talking to them about the need they're trying to find businesses in your area to invest in, or they have some other connection. So ask for help, ask for referrals, you know, ask to be introduced to other people, because the person you really need to reach might be three or four degrees away. And every time you talk to another person, make another contact, make another ask, there's a chance that they'll then introduce you to the right person to take you that further step down the road. This was really driven home to me by a situation that came up recently where my wife and I were out wine tasting. And so we're at the tasting room and the woman behind the bar is pouring the wines and my wife started talking about the fact that she was looking for a literary agent for her novel. And the person behind the bar said, oh, one of my best friends is this really well-known literary agent, let me make that introduction. And she did. And that person was able to introduce us to all kinds of other people. We had great meetings with her. It was a really productive relationship. And it all came out of the fact that we just happened to talk about this need to a random person, a person in no way connected with that industry. But they happened to know someone who was in that industry. Everyone knows hundreds if not thousands of people who might be useful to the person they're talking to. So the more you talk about what you need, the more you just put it out there, the better the chance of finding that connection or making one more hop towards the person you really need to meet. At the same time, turn the tables on that. You want to be helping everyone around you. It helps cement relationships. If you're in a networking event, one of the best questions is, what do you need? How can I help you? And once you talk about that, you see, is there something you can do for them? It cements your reputation. It makes you look like a uh, very positive influence within the community. People want to help people who help them. Uh, it helps the entire ecology of the space, but it can really make people more active in trying to help you in return. So go ahead and put yourself out at the same time that you're asking for help offer it. One of the things in addition to money that you should be asking for is advisors. In addition to their professional expertise and capabilities and the ways in which they can help your business directly, they can in many cases make introductions to investors, but they bring credibility to your business. So when you're putting out your presentation deck and you're talking about who's in the company, in addition to listing the founders, who in many cases may be somewhat young and inexperienced, you can also point to a list of advisors who have agreed to be listed by name as formal advisors of the company. And the fact that those people, who hopefully are more experienced and already have substantial credibility in the space, brings that credibility to your business by proxy. Now, if you're already doing all of those things, there may be something wrong with the business, the pitch, or the ask that you're making. One of the problems might be that you're asking for the wrong amount of money. A lot of entrepreneurs will look at their business and say, what do I need right now? How much money do I need to just get to the next phase? And in fact, in the case of the question asker, he was looking for $25,000. And the problem there is it's actually really too little for most angel investors. Now, it might be the amount of money that I individually want to invest, 
but I know that $25,000 is not going to get a business very far. And so in all likelihood, he's going to need to raise more money really quickly, which means he's back on the fundraising treadmill, not building the business. As well, if he can't make substantial progress with that small investment, then he may be over a barrel. Right? He's gonna be out of money with the solution halfway built and now desperate for funding and in the hole because he's already spent a bunch of money into the development. And that gives way too much leverage to the next investor. So it could be a down round, which would be bad for me as the previous investor. So I wanna make sure that in the round I'm investing, enough money is going to come in that I'm confident the entrepreneur will be able to show substantial progress, get the ball much farther down the field, and be in a position to do that next round with confidence because they've shown the ability to take an investment and execute against it and hit their milestones. So if you don't raise enough, that's gonna make me nervous. On the flip side, if you're asking for a gigantic amount of money really early on, you know, this is a pre-seed or friends and family round and you're looking for $5 million, I've gotta wonder, why do you think I'm gonna give you $5 million or even a large number of people are gonna give you $5 million when you haven't proved anything yet? And if you're asking for 5 million, you're probably asking at some astronomical valuation, right? Otherwise, your investors are gonna own 90% of the business. And not only is that bad for you, it's actually bad for the investor because we want the entrepreneur to end up owning a meaningful chunk of the company or they're demotivated and we want the founder to be motivated. They're gonna be working their asses off. We want them really all in on this business. Now, in some cases, I've seen people ask at too low a valuation, where in fact, we would come in and own too much of the business. This often happens also in uh, coordination with that ask that's too small. So someone's asking for $25,000 at a $200,000 valuation, and that, just makes you look inexperienced because we know what the typical you know, first investment round valuations are. And it really isn't based on anything fundamental in the business, but it just for math reasons works out that it's probably a million or $2 million valuation just for the, the beginnings of a business. And so if you're asking for something that's a 10th of that or 10 times that, it sort of signals that you don't have good advisors in the company or you don't have experience and you never want that. So typically you wanna be asking for, say between half a million and a million at a pre-money valuation of between say one and five million, depending on how far along you are, right? If you're just idea stage, it better be at the low end of that. Uh, if you are far along and you've really built out your product, you, know, you could be asking for more, but really anything less than say $100,000 is gonna raise eyebrows, unless you're asking literal friends and family just to get that first check to get you off the ground. And this, of course, is one of those deeply unfair things that people who have friends and family who can write large checks have a huge advantage against people who don't happen to have friends and family who can write checks, who can write that $25,000 check to at least let them you know, lease a small office and, and you know, quit the day job for a couple of months and, and get some real work done. But unfortunately, that is the reality of things. Now, most angels are looking to see some significant traction in the business before they invest. They want you to have accomplished quite a bit before they write that check. 
Now, there's a number of aspects of that, a number of things you can accomplish, not all of which are required, but each one that you can check off makes it substantially more likely that an angel is going to invest. They really don't want to invest in someone who just says, I've got an idea for a business and I want money. Right? The more elements, the more things you can tick off to risk reduce that investment, the more ways that you can prove that this is in fact a good business idea, the more likely you are to get that investment. So the most obvious thing we'd love to see is that the product or service is already done and you have customers and revenue. Maybe not a lot of customers, maybe not a lot of revenue, but if you can demonstrate that there are people in the world willing to pay you what you're asking for the thing you want to do, that's great initial validation. Now, can you get millions more of them? Well, that may be the interesting question, but even showing some revenue generation early makes a big difference. So if you can get out a minimum viable product, some kind of even partially functional version of your, pro of your software or of your service that you can charge for and get it out there and start to demonstrate that, that can be really a strong proof of concept to the investor. Failing that, or in addition to that, if you can prove some product market fit, if you can demonstrate that there are people out there who want the product, that people will see your ad and recognize the need and go follow up, go to the website, sign up for a trial, even if it doesn't exist, right? you can prove that that path works. In addition then, it, there's the go to market. Can you prove that you have a way of getting out there? Can you get letters of intent with distributors or partners who would agree to carry your product as soon as it exists? Or can you demonstrate that Facebook ads and Google AdWords are effective ways of getting people to your website and perhaps clicking on a fake buy link that just says, hey, we'll notify you when it's ready. But if you can walk someone down the path, so knowing the price and knowing the product, they want to buy. And you can get a number of those that makes good business sense for the amount you need to spend in advertising that can also be a really effective way of generating uh, proof of some kind of go-to-market strategy that you can then convince an investor makes sense. Another thing that you would like to be able to show is that the thing you're going to do is a big enough improvement over the existing solutions that your potential customers are using that it would be worth the pain and time and effort to switch to your solution. Because unless you're in an unusual situation, there are people out there with the problem that you're going to solve and somehow they're getting through life. How are they doing that? What is the thing they're doing that allows them to do their jobs and get on with their day? A lot of times, a lot of companies that I see propose solutions where what they're competing with is people using Excel spreadsheets to track stuff and they've got some really slick new way of doing it. But these people have been using Excel spreadsheets to track what they're doing for decades. So why is yours enough better? Right? They're going to have to retool their workflows. They're going to have to train people up. They're going to have to learn new things. They're going to have to spend more money because they already have Excel. Is, that en is it enough better? Because there's a lot of solutions out there that I see that are unquestionably better than the status quo. But it has to be substantially better to overcome that resistance. Can you show the investors that you've assembled the team already? Do you have the people in place, the key players, the key capabilities that you're going to need to be successful, right? 
If you are an AI-driven company, you'd better have some people on your team already who are AI experts who can build this thing that you're promising. If it's gonna be all about some marketing or sales strategy, you should have people who are really experienced in that kind of sales or that kind of marketing. You know, you don't just wanna have a couple of engineers who can write the code when the success of the business actually depends on some other set of skills. Get those people, even if they're not full-time yet, if you can have a written commitment from them that they will join, if you get the funding, you can then take that to the investors and say, we have the team and we're ready to go full-time with them as soon as we get the money. Really, all of this boils down to two things the investor wants to hear. They want you to clearly and convincingly make the case for two different propositions. First, that this business is low risk that there are no obvious speed bumps, no massive impediments, no troll bridges that you need to cross to get to where you're going. It's gonna be a simple matter of executing on the plan you've laid out with no giant question marks, no, you know, will this work or can the technology actually function this way or is it really legal or will it work with Apple or you know, are their customers interested? I wanna know that you've really demonstrated those things so that it's a fairly straightforward path. And when I look at it, I go, yeah, I think it's extremely likely that you can get from point A to point Z with your team, given what you wanna do. And the other thing I want you to convince me of is that you're going to make a lot of money. Right? I need to see a path that seems pretty believable to your returning to me at least 20 times my investment. And I've already got another cast on that. But those are the two propositions. It's low risk already, and I'm going to get a lot of money. If you can make those two really compellingly, you should eventually be able to get an investment from someone who gets and appreciates the business that you're trying to build. Now, on the bright side, there's a huge herd mentality among investors. So if you can get one investor who's reasonably well-known in the space to come on board, you're very likely to be able to get many more. He will, or she, will recommend your company to other investors. And you can talk about the fact that they are soft-circled or committed on this investment round. And the more people you get in, the closer to having your round filled, the more you can sell the idea that if people don't move quickly, they're gonna miss out on this really exciting opportunity that must be good because a lot of people have already jumped on board. So there's a snowball effect, but, the killer problem is getting that first couple of investors, getting someone to lead the round. Once you overcome that hurdle, you have a much easier process of closing it out. Now, if you're having all this difficulty, it may be worth asking, is an equity round even the right thing to be trying to get? So if you only need 25 or $50,000, maybe a debt round would be more appropriate. There's a lot of entities that specialize in giving loans to early stage companies. They're often regional, and I'll provide some links in the description as well as the blog to different kinds of banks that support this. And they will provide loans to very high risk early stage companies. Uh, typically you need to find one in your area, their local economic development type organizations, but that can avoid the whole angel investor equity round thing entirely and allow you to get at least some money to prove out some of those things to then go in front of the angels with a more solidified case that will get that next round of investment. So if you've done all of this 
and you're still having no luck, I think it may be time to take a few steps back and really reanalyze things. Right? Going out and asking a lot of investors and getting no all the time, that's kind of expected. Talking to a lot of investors and hearing maybe that never turns into yes is very much to be expected. Hearing no is to be expected. But if you're not getting any excitement, if people aren't saying, you know, that's pretty cool, it isn't for me, but that's cool, I'm pretty excited, or yeah, I'd be happy to introduce you to someone else, or if I know anyone else in that space, you know, I'll pass this along. If there's not any excitement about your business, that suggests that there actually may be some really fundamental problems. Because I'm excited about a lot of companies I talk to. I say no to almost all of them, but a great many of them are actually pretty interesting and I'm kind of tempted, but I'm just not ready for whatever reason to invest in another business in that space or I've got a better opportunity next door or what have you. But you should be seeing some excitement, some interest, some getting your business idea from people. And if you're not, then you need to really re-examine. Do I have a good business model? Does my go-to-market strategy make sense? Do I have the team? Have I established that there is some sort of a fit? If everyone's really kind of looking at you and fundamentally questioning whether the thing you're solving is a real problem or whether you can find customers to pay what they're going to ask or that you won't simply be outcompeted by a big player as soon as they see what you're doing, you know, you may need to address those. So listen carefully to the questions you're getting and the feedback. And if there's consistent elements in that, it's important to take that to heart and potentially retool what you're talking about. And of course, the problem might be in your pitch, how you're delivering it. Do you have a really strong deck that clearly articulates what your business is, that clearly articulates the value, that makes the case for low risk and high returns? and it's polished and you have prepared well to deliver it because you're going up against a lot of other hardworking, smart entrepreneurs who are also fighting these long odds. And if you don't have all your ducks in a row when you go to pitch, the odds of success are dramatically lower. So make sure you really are ready to go. I see a lot of entrepreneurs that are chomping at the bit. They want to get in front of those investors. And when I look at their presentations, when I hear them, when I'm coaching them on their decks, I can tell these are not going to actually succeed. They're not feeling as tight. They're not as polished. They're not as compelling as many other presentations that I've seen just recently. And they have to be there. They need to be among the best I've seen if they're going to succeed. Now, those open pitch events and pitch contests that I talked about earlier, those can be great opportunities to hone your pitching skills. Get together in groups with other entrepreneurs and pitch each other and then give each other really unvarnished feedback. You want to make sure that this isn't some family member who's going to tell you what you want to hear. You want to be getting really hard, painful truth from the people you're pitching. And you need to do it a lot. Practice, practice, practice. It's amazing how many times through a presentation you need to go before you get good at it, especially if public speaking isn't a natural strength of yours. So, unfortunately, as I said, I just don't have a magic bullet for you. I wish there was something that I could say, if you do this, you're guaranteed succeed. But I think if you address all the points that I've made here, you stand a really good chance that if your business is in fact a good business idea with a sound plan and a good revenue model and a good idea for how you're going to go to market, you have a really strong chance of getting the funding that you need. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Feel the Boot. I hope you found it useful and interesting, and if so, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. I also encourage you to check out our website at feeltheboot.com and our Feel the Boot YouTube channel with video versions of these podcasts. Finally, I would really appreciate it if you would share this information with other entrepreneurs. I'm trying to help as many people as possible. Till next time, ciao. Thank you.